0: Welcome to the Normalizing Average podcast. Join us as we dive into the stories behind the people who have overcome setbacks to achieve success, celebrating the average moments on the path to extraordinary results. Let's go.
1: Okay, welcome back everybody to another episode of Normalizing Average. I'm Amy and this is my co-host Eve and today we're chatting with Fred and Dana Orendorf, owners of Rumpus Beer Company. Uh, Rumpus first opened its doors in June 2019 and you'll find a unique warm and community focused brewery. Fred has been brewing for over 15 years acquiring his brewing diploma from the IBD out of London, England. After getting a start in Crested Butte, moving to Canmore and eventually settling in Revelstoke, it has always been Fred's dream to create a simple fresh tasting beer without the headaches of packaging and distribution. Brewing what he wants, when he wants, the, this brewery already has a cult following and no end in creative flair. So welcome Fred and Dana. Thank, Thank you, friend Data. Woo. Thanks so much. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, joining us from your brewery. Um, yeah, and so we'll just jump right in. And if you could tell us sort of what the history that has led you up to where you are today, you can go back as far as you need to. Um, what's relevant to the history of the brewery?
2: I'll find, let's go all the way back. Oh my God. Yeah, <laughs> do
1: it. How long we got? No. <laughs> <laughs> until, your, until your bike appointment.
3: Two days later. No.
2: Um, in June of 2019, when we finally opened, moving to Revelstoke and opening a brewery had been the plan for 20% of my life. Okay. Which was crazy to really do the math and figure that out. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, that whole plan involved, like, getting to Canada and being allowed to work here. And so... There were a lot of things to deal with along the way. Um, The idea was to be small like this and just a fun spot that was, beer is what we make, but the vibe and community feel is the product, kind of. We wanted Mm -hmm. to create that aspect, and beer was just a great way to get there.
1: Okay. And so you are from the States originally, and you sort of started brewing with a company down there as well.
2: Yeah. You know, like a lot of people, I think I, I started home brewing, and then got my start as like a paid brewer in Crested Butte while I was living there.
3: And then he met this tiny angel when I was on a ski trip in Crested Butte. And we were long distance for two years. And I was like, I guess we'll just break up because this is not ever going to work. Um, but he's like, no, I got a job in Canada. And I was like, like a brewing job and he he's like yeah I got a job and I was like well where like you got a job he's like well I saw a uh, posting and it's mine and I was like okay like you're this isn't gonna work but sure crazy guy
2: He said and, do you have a resume he said well I do now
3: yeah who
2: like, proofread I- it what <laughs>
1: resume he doesn't even have like a real house he just lived above a garage
3: I was like this is a night but he did he did get a job at the grizzly paw and that was just his um foot in the door to to come to Canada to get a work permit so we both moved to Canmore
1: yeah
3: yeah but but just prior to that we had decided we would live in Canada and we drove all around BC well Canmore, Banff, golden revelstoke and then down through like um vernon and well yeah everywhere looking where we wanted to live and i knew yeah we knew fred wanted to have a brewery and i was like okay i know nothing about business so whatever let's do it i don't understand this but sure and we chose revelstoke like about six years before we lived here nine years may
2: 2010
3: may 2010 we decided we wanted to move here and try to do it i don't know
0: yeah. what was it about yeah. Revelstoke stoke that got you guys
2: um in may 2010 i don't know if you were here then but there was pretty much nothing going on i don't think yeah. <laughs> it was very chill um everyone was super friendly like we rolled in to um visit a friend of dana's and we're like right into a potluck in someone's living room
4: yeah yep <laughs> and it,
2: just, it felt like a close knit community. It really reminded me of what Crested Butte had been like. And I thought, this is the spot. Let's do it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It is such a good mix of that mountain town, small, but small town. It hasn't blown up well yeah. at the time, for sure. And this like epic world class skiing. I know you guys are skiers too and amazing hiking. Yeah. So, yeah, it is. I could see those. I think that's probably the appeal everybody finds. They're like, okay, it's this special. Mountain spot, mm-hmm. yeah. And so I know
1: Dana, you're you're also a nurse. So was that a yeah. factor coming here as well? Having a hospital that could,
3: you know, Amy, thanks for asking. <laughs> it that, but I didn't realize how difficult it would be to get into nursing here. Yeah, was like one of the other challenges. But um, I feel like you can get a job in Revelstoke as a nurse, but um, getting a position, it took me four years to get a position here, like permanent line and it was a huge struggle and I had to work all sorts of spots and do all sorts of back and forth I did still drive back to Canmore to nurse an emergency there because I wanted to keep doing that and you make way more money in Alberta nursing and I was we needed money because Fred was working on the business so I kind of worked as much as I could wherever I could and then trying to get my kid in the door here and so yeah I've just had my permanent position for I guess just over a year now um Mm -hmm. at the hospital which is great um but I feel like all along the way when Fred got into Canada and we were like oh yeah we're gonna move to Revelstoke and now Fred's in Canada and we'll just get our residency and everything so easy like that's delusional like it was so hard Fred struggled like from the get-go because the grizzly paw really I mean although it gave him a lot of tools and he learned a lot there I mean I'll let him speak to that but it was a struggle because that's exactly the type of brewing he didn't want to do. He doesn't want to be like, we have a skew on a shelf, we're going to make a beer to fill that skew and we need to promote that beer and that's what we're doing. He wants to be like, I don't know, let's try this beer and switch that up and not always be fitting into a square box. I feel like Fred doesn't fit really into any sort of at the time a lot of
2: it was just culture shock of you know like I was the only brewer at a tiny place like if we were sending beer out to somebody I was rolling a keg down the sidewalk to a restaurant it wasn't like and you know like hey this is a neat idea let's make that beer and then all of a sudden like whoa these people want to tell me when I show up and leave (laughs) (laughs) can wow. I just make the same four beers over and over. Yeah. Oh my god, it was factory work. But yeah. I, in the end, it was a super valuable experience. They did this huge expansion while I was there. I learned a lot about the business side of things. And
1: yeah, yeah. so so run us through where the start of Rumpus was conceptualized. Like even the, down to the name, which is like so creative, and like the names of your beers, which I'm sure I like probably you're probably tired of talking about but um even just like you know where did it start how did you acquire your business you know tell us run us through that program
2: um well luckily we were super naive and you know Mm -hmm. like (laughs) the key
1: the key to a lot of success is that
2: definitely been times looking back like if i had any idea it would be like this i don't know that i would have had the energy to start
1: yeah. yeah yes <laughs> yeah at some point i couldn't
2: have gone into it expecting it to go the way it went and felt okay about yeah okay here we go
3: i was like tighten
2: your shoelaces
3: do you think someone's conspiring <laughs> against this i was like do you think maybe somebody doesn't want us to open this brewery and like they're creating these hurdles i was like mm. i was like delusional because things yeah when we started when did we start working on it we moved here in
2: we moved here in 2016 yeah. and yeah, that was the beginning of like, okay, I guess we need a spot where it's going to go. Mm-hmm. And meanwhile, like getting quotes and equipment and from suppliers and figuring out what the budget was going to be and then figuring out, okay, so we need that much money. Where is that going to come from? Yeah. And you know, there was, it was a constant like, Hey, here's something this might work out great. Oh, that's not going to work at all. Oh, what about this building? It looks like it's falling down. I bet we can get it for cheap. Like, how are we going to buy a building? That's yeah. ridiculous. Mm-hmm. And then just kind of lucked into this location. And like our landlord here, I don't think you could ask for a better landlord. No. So that all has worked out great. And it was kind of, there were like all sorts of setbacks in terms of like, the planning department was not in a great state of health at that time. Like this, this is one room. I think we met six different building inspectors during the 15 months before we got open, plus we're dealing with we had, like, provincial, <laughs> federal regulations and all kinds of different license
1: safety yeah.
2: issues that needed certain specific inspections to be considered real and Yeah, there was definitely like as we got close to the beginning it was like oh i'm gonna pull another three grand off of the personal line of credit to cover rent this month hopefully we don't do that again and then do that four times in a row you're like i said (laughs) hopefully we don't do that again
3: (laughs) i think um as far as like positive things and pitfalls like it's interesting because i i mean we know lots of breweries and brewers and um you hear about other breweries and you hear about them setting up and starting people saying, I want to start a brewery and they're not a brewer or they don't mm-hmm. have a brewery. They're just interested in, they enjoy breweries, et cetera. And I think that that's so wild in my mind. I know that they're successful, some are successful and that's awesome. But like, I think to myself about the things that Fred knew because he was a brewer Mm-hmm. And like first setting up the room and the equipment all the way down to like having an idea of what type of beer he wanted to make. Um, so I think we had that component when we were starting our business. We don't, we didn't have the big business man involved. And we talked about whether we would like, do we get a partner and what do we want to do and how, like what's going to work best for us and what makes us nervous. And do we, I guess our biggest, uh, the thing that made us most nervous was that we would get a businessy partner and then they would have an idea of what type of beer they'd like brewed and it would have some sort of fruit added and fred would flip his lid and be like this is so you know like let's throw some mango in there and fred would be like i hate you and we would have an explosion and we'd blow this whole room up and just be like i'd rather it burn you know that's what i doing
0: so we decided <laughs> wow. yeah or he'd be like the skew on the shelf guy that's yeah. like what are our skews this yeah. is the model that's <laughs> gonna
2: it's the business move you know that's it's still the like
0: move. if it works
2: make as much as possible yeah. and get it out there
3: yeah. yeah like people still pressure us with that like they're like oh are you guys where are you guys gonna distribute or like what are you doing for that what are you pushing for that what do you what's your next hurdle in the business and I think and I'm yeah, I mean, hopefully we align with this. But like, we are we're not we're not world domination people. We're not going for a zillion dollars, and we're going to be the biggest beer out there. Like, our goals are to have enough money to like live here in this community that we love. And I have a job as well. And I mean, be able to just, buy a bike when you need one. Yeah, we want new bikes. <laughs> we want a new bike. And we want to make like Fred wants to make really good beer that everybody in the community wants to drink. And we want this mm-hmm. to be like fun and we want people to want to come to rumpus to hang out with their pals and we don't need to have a spot in the competitive beer race but i want people to speak and think respectfully of us in the beer community yeah.
0: so is there uh like would there be i guess like levels of operating a craft brewery where you would have so you guys are where you'd move on to kind of like professional distribution. You'd find distributors. They would then start to market and pump out at different locations, beer stores, etc. Is that kind of like the next level up? But in that's in that sense, you would need to have those like here's our staple. We're gonna make this yeah until the end of time. It's, and people will learn it, people know, that's up. kind of like that that phase. Um, I really like the idea of keeping this creative process and this agile, which I think like this agile creative process, which I think staying small and avoiding that. I don't know what you would call it. That skew level, (laughs) the permanent beer level would probably force you into.
2: Yeah. I mean, there's like, to make that step into packaging and doing it well is like you're, the brewery that we think of as the brewery then becomes like this little corner of the building. And it's really mm-hmm. just a giant packaging facility. Yeah. Like it's really easy to make great beer and ruin it when you package it. And no one ever knows it was great because by the time they open a bottle or can, it's oxidized or, you know, just old. Mm. It's loading dock somewhere for two months before it got back into the refrigerator and no one noticed.
0: Mm-hmm. Crazy. And as another element that like, yeah, like if I were to go tomorrow and be like, I want to open up a brewery. It's, there's so many unknown unknowns. Mm-hmm. That yeah. You can get into Yeah, if you didn't know, have any idea what you're doing. <laughs> like any profession. <laughs> Sorry, okay. So you guys are, so you're working with the city, you're working within the bureaucracy. huh. And then what happens? Is it, how long does it take you from kind of start application process to opening the doors 2016 to 19
2: yeah
3: yeah wow it was a long time
2: could you
3: put it that way it seems ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) one yeah we i we had a good friend from canmore one of the docs i worked with you know we were lucky because they just love fred's beer because he he was brewing all the time in canmore like for our wedding we had 16 beers on tap like fred had made
2: like a keg of each in
3: the yeah. backyard. I And he made 12 different beers and his other brewer friends made four beers. And we just had like all these um, jockey boxes. It was insane. And so Fred was always making beer and everybody, because he was making those beers for the shelves, he was like coming home to make beer for him and for his friends just to have that creative side. And so our friends were always drinking beers. One of the doctors I worked with was like, what do you guys need? Like, I got some cash, you know, can I, can I be your loan? I need to put some money somewhere. And we're like, okay, geez, are you for real? I think we were at like a beer fest or something. And she's like, yeah. yeah. we were. <laughs> so <laughs> we were lucky that she lent yeah. us. She, we're like, okay, we'll take, you know, a bunch of cash. Yeah, let's do this. So that was the only um, real investment that we needed. And they just wanted the investment of the, you know, getting some, making a bit of money off that cash. And then whenever I go to town, I bring them beer and swag. It's like an amazing thing. So we were like scrimping by, got all the crap done. And I mean, this Fred wasn't just doing like the businessy stuff and setting up the brewery. Fred did like this room with our friends, like carpentry. He did, did all the building. He did like a lot of pulling the wires with our friend, there, did the electrical, but like everything from woodworking to electrical, plumbing, setting up the business. We had a really good, um, uh brander uh, a designer oh yeah Catherine Whiteside right and she did our designs but now Fred's also done some graphic design in his past so he mixes all the colors and he does all the um, bits and bobs uh, as far as putting those together for the room and we do it together but lots of it is Fred's creativity so we finally got all that together and I feel like it was like took so long and then all of a sudden it was just like holy crap we're yeah we open. had
2: the health inspector was here
3: yeah
2: and she's like yeah I, everything seems fine like, what we do you were... what do you mean seems fine <laughs> like she's yeah, we, like yeah you could you could open like i'll do the finish the paperwork when i go back to the office
3: yeah we didn't believe her we're like what do you mean and she's <laughs> like yeah you're like you're okay to open and we're like no like we'll, we'll do it we'll open and she's <laughs> like yeah that sounds good and we're like, well, we're gonna open on the fifteenth. Fine, we'll do it. She's like, okay, good.
0: <laughs> Just watch us. We're gonna go. We're gonna go do it. Here yeah. we go. And we lock the door. <laughs>
3: <laughs> like all the way down to the last second, where our friggin' dishwasher was like, remember it was overheating, oh, wow. and we were like, oh my god, we gotta run the dishwasher in front of the lady. Like every single thing that could be a challenge. Was a challenge, and then yeah. it made temperature like we were watching the dishwasher make temperature. So <laughs> had to get to like ninety or something.
2: To one
4: eighty
3: One eighty. I don't know anything. Anyways, had to get to one eighty, and we're like standing with the girl, like yeah, oh, it always gets to one eighty. <laughs> that thing is always, always doing it. The night before, it couldn't, and we were just like, oh my god, this is a mess. But yeah, then she said we could open. Yeah. And we were like, okay, then we'll open.
2: We like that all seemed like struggle while it was happening but like had it worked out the ideal way where like we just show up and two weeks later doors are open everybody would have been like who are these people and why are they opening a brewery in our yeah. town
4: mm-hmm. but
2: because of all that we had a whole bunch of people that felt like it wasn't like hey you mm-hmm. guys did it yeah it was like hey we did it
4: yeah like they yeah. felt like
2: they were part of the struggle they were part of all of it and that was great that that's probably why it worked
3: we had people on
2: lawn chairs outside the front door when we unlocked it just waiting
3: yeah that was nice nice. yeah like we uh, so many of our friends helped like literally building painting um coming in even just down to like people that would walk by the street and open the door and be like hey fred like they didn't know fred before they'd be like he'd be like oh yeah i'm putting in a brewery and then by like three years later they're like hey fred like what's going on now?" you know like they just the hype was a three year period of building a community and a following. And then the anticipation of that was, I think, added huge to trust, you know? Like you got to trust and believe and want to go and support like your local brewery and, and business. Yeah. It was great.
4: Yeah. And you guys did and a really
0: then, good job. Oh, sorry. Go ahead, Amy. Um, what would you say you're most
2: proud of? At this point,
3: red. <laughs> yeah.
2: Most proud of is, that, I guess, that people love it and we have regulars and they're like, I, I didn't used to go out in town. I would go to house parties or have people over for dinner, but I never went out because it seemed like going out meant you had to get in a fight somewhere.
4: Yeah.
0: <laughs> yeah, like the local following. Yeah.
4: Hmm.
0: Yeah. And you guys did such a good job of posting your story and sharing your story on social media too. Like I remember following that. It's like, okay, we're we're, here. We are drilling here. We are painting here. We are doing this. Here's things that have arrived. Like we're taking a ski day over here. So we really as a community got to know who you are and follow your journey, which I think really helped too. Yeah.
3: Yeah. That's nice. I mean, that's, I was like, when did we go skiing? But mostly, <laughs> mostly Fred. Who, There's like one picture. <laughs> like, superimposing him and yeah, Fred and I on another day, just oh, <laughs> the lucky cardboard. No, we did do some, but I feel like small business. I remember being in the med room with um, Christina Hartley uh, or Godfrey now, I guess, as they do stoke, her husband stoke roasted. And I remember her being like, and that's when I first moved to Revel, so this just popped into my mind, and her being like, or me saying, I'm opening a brewery with my husband, we're going we to do a small business, and I remember her saying, okay, you know, like, yeah, that's, do you know what that's about? And I'm like, I don't know anything, you know, like, <laughs> I'm a fucking moron,
0: what are you talking like, Here's a marriage counselor. <laughs> <laughs>
3: yeah. like, the Yeah, she was right. And I mean, she wasn't saying anything negative. She was just like, okay, girl. You know, like she's so sweet. And she was just like, it's a lot of work. And I could tell from that, that I was like, you know, oh, what is she talking about? And now Mm. I know like it is, it's insane. Like, what are you even doing? And like, I do, I'm like Fred's sounding board and I'm like the bits and bobs and the, can I help with this and that? But a lot of it is, well the majority of everything is Fred and so it's just a lot of pressure on one person when I was listening to your podcast about like how you had to Eve, how you had to kind of decide to let some things go we um when we opened it like for how many two years it was just us through serving we got we had Ashley and We're Chris. a year
2: into having staff. So you have yep. two years of, well, Ashley and Chris. Ashley and Chris. We, yeah, we had somebody
3: them. do patchy things, but we always work with them. So this, yeah, we're a year into having staff and it's like a whole new world. But hearing Fred talk about it sometimes about letting things go, which I'm bad at myself and him talk about, you know, our staff are amazing. We have like incredible bartenders. We need to hire a couple more, but the two that we have are insanely good. And, um, when Fred talks about them doing something that he would do slightly different way. And he's like, but you know what? Like it gets done. And it's the important thing
2: is I'm not doing it.
3: Like those lessons, lessons, like letting it go. We don't have kids, you know? So like, this is our baby, but like, it's like learning to let somebody babysit your child or to like look after something that you care for so much. That's a huge learning. And I feel like Fred's just kind of getting there and starting to realize that he needs to let go of some of those things that he's had such control over. So yeah. that's a big learning I think in small business. Like when you get to the point where you need to branch out and have that support group and have people come in and help you with your business. When I was listening to your podcast, I was like, oh yeah, she's like I see that in Fred when we get staff, like letting someone else take over and do something maybe slightly different than but you. But it's do great
2: because it. then like I've realized also like wow they're better at this than I was.
3: <laughs> yeah. Friendlier. It,
2: it, it's way easy to be friend there when you haven't been here since six in the morning all day. Yeah. And, yeah. You know, it's 11 o'clock at night and you're like, this guy better not come in here. <laughs> 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 Trade yeah. money for beer. <laughs> <The nerd. laughs> not be you better not want a beer. Like, yeah. like oh God, Am I resenting the customers? Yeah. For showing yeah. Up?
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's exactly it. Like that's the biggest thing that building a team can give you is you do your thing. And you do your thing so well but you can't expect any business owner to be good at doing all and to be the best at doing all the things so in an ideal world you bring on these people that are better than you yeah and then now you're free like that weight is off your shoulders to worry about the burden of being also like the constant front of house customer rep and you can show up as your best self because you've done your most favorite thing that you want to do in your business hopefully all day and, and at your choosing too, right? It gives you gives you freedom and flexibility to say, okay, I don't, I don't maybe I can serve some beer now, but like I don't have to. No. a yeah, here to do it. But I can jump in, I can help, I can support. But um, yeah, and then do you find that when you started hiring people, then having them be a fit for you would would have been so critical because they're representing yeah. everything you've built and everything you've worked for. And if they misrepresent that, it's like, ah, uh, it'd be a soul crime.
2: <laughs> so far, we're sticking with hiring from our customer base. You know, like, yeah. Yeah. we interviewed a bunch of people. And we're like, these two seem great. And they've been in here. Like, they come and they enjoy it. So yeah. they're already on the team. Yeah, perfect. We are paying them, and they'll work. <laughs> <Yeah. Yeah. laughs>
0: they like, can you just pay me right in beer? We'll take yeah. <laughs>
1: So now that you're in the day-to-day operations, like, the flow of that, um, what does your day-to-day look like?
2: Me? (laughs) Three (laughs) c Yeah. Like, best day of the week is when I get in here at five in the morning on a brew day. And that's, you know, just in order to be out of here and cleaned up by the time we open. And that's, you know, the making of the beer, the realization of concepts. It's fun. Mm-hmm. Um then you know like the the brewery needs a little bit of attention every day. You know, it's like a dairy farm where it's not sleeping back there. It something needs something.
4: Yeah.
2: And uh then there's always, you know, like there's been a bunch of stuff with we're trying to expand in the next door here. And that it's basically the entire starting process over again. Mm-hmm. Which is
3: frightening.
2: You're like, oh, did I? I should have learned more. <laughs> but um, so it seems like there's always extra projects plus there's just an enormous amount of admin work that is kind of it's all designed for much larger things. Like for example, every time we take a keg out of the cooler and put it in the kegerator, we basically sold it from Rumpus Beer Company the manufacturer to Rumpus Beer Company the on-site store and lounge. Mm. And the province gets 42 cents, I think it is now, a liter of markup just to let us do that. Like, most of the regulatory agencies are of the, I want to say of the opinion. I don't think they think it's an opinion. Like, it's their beer. They let me make and sell it for them. Mm -hmm. And, but like all, everything has some way where they're getting their cut out of it and, but it involves me doing a bunch of paperwork to say that I've given them their cut correctly. Mm-hmm. Um, so there's a lot of that. You know, we're selling merch, designing T-shirts and hats, and picking colors for things. Um, there's always, in a in an ideal world, there's always an event coming up that we got to get ready for. We're doing the market again this summer, and that really has it. We fill these crawlers for the market and that takes a day a week yes. to fill them and then the day a week of being there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And then, you know, I'm still coming to terms with this. Like no one's going to give me a day off. I have to do that.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And it won't be when all the work is done because like that's closing day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, there's, always gonna, there's always gonna be a list of stuff to get done but yeah. you just have to come to terms with like that can wait we're going to go ride bikes so that we're real people.
1: Yeah. And is that a big wrestle for you? Do you, uh, like, what's the, yeah, inner dialogue or how do you um, manage that?
2: I kind of, like, I joke about, like, I think COVID saved my life because that forced the pause, you know, we were just flat out Mm -hmm. like 80 hours a week, at least being in here doing everything. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden everything stopped. And like, there was that, you know, like the stress level rises because you're like, what? If, now what? No one's allowed in the room. How do we move all this beer? Yeah. um But you're yeah. like, oh, this is my cat. This is my backyard.
4: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I forgot about yeah. all
2: this stuff. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, I was working, I was nursing and then also bartending. I was doing yeah. two jobs because Fred couldn't do all the brewing, all the everything without me taking a big, I was probably bartending more than you a bit for a while i am a better bartender highest tips over here. <laughs> you know, like a, when you're good you're good right you got it you got it but um but, like, covid it stopped and so i i think after that we, when we got going again i was taking a step back because i was yeah. just burnt out because nursing during that time although i was fortunate to work in rebel soap with covid because we like i can't even imagine working in a large center but Um, I was pretty over it, over everyone, like humans in general, Um, just because it was a stressful time to be at the front line of that, and uh, I took a step back from bartending and nursing so much, and then I started covering bits and bobs, and then we got staff because we kind of went into summer where COVID was getting down, and we had the patio, and we were like, we can't do this can't do a patio without people to because um there's the law that you can't carry your beer across the sidewalk so it's not licensed mm. there's that because then it forced us to be like we need people humans to carry those beers across the sidewalk because we need someone inside as well so it kind of forced our hand to get some staff and that was kind of just as we were allowed to you know open a little bit more with COVID so we um hired staff and I, I kind of stepped back more so that was COVID did save our life,
2: I yeah. guess. Yeah. 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 That was good. Yeah. And yeah. so from that came the lessons of things like, you know, take a day off.
3: Yeah,
2: take a day off.
3: Go for a bike ride. Yeah. Also, I like, I nag a lot. Let's go. You <laughs> got to do
2: this. That's why. Yeah. That's why you have a wife. That's why exactly. <laughs> <laughs> top, so they're like, let's go have fun. You're like, why? how could this be a problem? Yeah. yeah have fun go have fun she's yeah. right <laughs>
3: like let's do it you never do this let's yeah. go yeah. yeah
0: have you let's, guys uh, grown and changed a lot as a couple running a business together
2: i feel like there was you know probably to make the parenting analogy again like we stopped having i like any identity outside of the business mm-hmm. I, I struggle with that i think yeah um And then like once we kind of planed out and we're the business is running and just normal and we're like, oh yeah, like this is fun. Like we're we're people (laughs) and we love (laughs) and we hang out together. Yeah. Neat. (laughs)
3: Yeah. I think um yeah, I think it's hard to be like your partner. I don't know I was gonna just make up some sort of sob story just there about how hard it is but like I I love Fred like we're best friends and we (laughs) I love spending time with him if anything it was like the lack of time if he was always here or busy I guess I missed that but um and Fred is a super circular thinker so in our relationship I knew that already like he thinks of an idea and then he just like really comes back to it a thousand times from a thousand different ways and I'm like you just said that why don't we just do why don't we just do that and he's like well think about it for 75 years and then we'll get it figured out and I'm like oh my god (laughs) so like all those decisions are coming back to me and I knew he had the answer so it's throughout a relationship it's been just like I just need to be kind of supportive of it I don't have the information to make the decision for him I just need to be there to listen and for him to sound it off me and keep doing those types of things So witness the Um, struggle yeah witness his struggle which I mean a lot of it was me witnessing his struggle and me just being like oh my god someone's trying to take you down because I'm so protective of him and proud of him that I just was like why won't they just let my Freddy open his business those bad guys you know like (laughs) idiot so I think it's hard because I had to see him struggle and doubt and be nervous about things like that but I just yeah I think it was it's okay I mean we don't have all the same time and fun and footloose and fancy free that we had when we just had our set jobs and and there's always something that kind of takes you know fred's attention from me and i'm a real attention meter but uh
2: rumpus is like a second wife yeah yeah they both need a lot of attention yeah
3: but i i, I realize that
2: it's... as long as they don't get jealous of each other real quick. that's
3: right yeah so, <laughs> I mean, it is hard and yeah there's tons of struggles but I think if you're not, like, with your, like, if you weren't, if you were in a relationship where it's more of just like a not best friendship, it would be impossible.
0: You couldn't Mm -hmm. do it. Well, it sounds like, too, the role, like, having these two different roles, um, whether they're, you realize them or not, or they've come to, like, full fruition, but being that support person, that cheerleader person, that person who understands Fred's process and the process that he's going through and having trust and faith and knowing that, hey, okay, we're gonna make it, that's extremely valuable, especially when you're starting a business and you're grinding through all these different things, these different elements from the building issues to the bureaucracy to the financial stress. That um, yeah, like that role I think can't be what's the word, like under understated enough of how how important it is. Yeah. yeah, and would allow Fred also to, at the times when he probably needs it, um, know, yeah, to keep going and to know that, yeah, we'll
2: we'll make it. Oh.
3: And I always knew we'd make it because Fred's beer is great. Like I am going to say
2: because I'm incredibly stubborn.
3: Yeah, you are. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's this, just, this is the key to success. Stubbornness. Okay. Amazing good beer. <laughs> and good beer. Like, I knew... He had good beer from my perspective I when I met him in Crested Butte. And I was like, you know, who's this brewer, this cute little guy with a notebook who's quite artistic. And, you know, I notebook. never have to pay for drinks. So I'm like, what a great deal. <laughs> 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 like, I don't even know where the cash register is in this place. I love it. <laughs> like, I just knew that every everybody always like Fred is such a good friend a good community member everybody always is just like so glad to have him around and his beer is so good and people believe in him because he's like that's who he is he'll never let you down
4: yeah wow that's That's so
1: sweet (laughs) Uh, Dana's doing the pumping action and Fred is growing
2: taller
4: what were we
2: doing we were constantly annoying all our friends so with, what about this idea what about this what about this right. and they'd be like oh what about this no <laughs> why are you asking them and yeah like probably a year of that
3: yeah no one constantly
2: trying to figure it out and nothing quite felt right because it was like like we wanted to be welcoming and fun but like like we take the beer seriously but on ourselves and just all these different ideas of trying to give it a sense of place or like all kinds of things and then in the end like when you think of the the logo that we have now it's basically just a word that's been embellished and knowing that I was going to be the case you know, like not only does it have to be a fun word like even just like you don't want too many like letters that hang down or are big or you know like shape of the word and then um you know,
1: it's that circular thinking you're talking about <laughs> we just saw it we just witnessed it know what's
4: going on in there what?
1: that's so good
2: and then right like rumpus like a rumpus room like in your grandparents basement where like Pikes. on the one hand it's where you send the kids to go have fun after dinner but there's probably also a bar in the corner and like the adults hang out there when the kids are asleep and like Revelstoke in general felt like where you send the kids to go play to get them out of your hair for the rest of Canada.
3: Yeah, that's <laughs> <laughs> so perfect. Yeah. 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 I like, I think you came up with it and I was like, oh yeah, my cousin used to, you know, beat me with like when we were playing spoons in the basement or playing some sort of card game and I would get beat up in the rumpus room all the time. I like that. That was great.
2: And then the beer company part, goes back to what we started talking about with like rumpus brewing. Brewing is an industrial process, you know, that's like has a whole different image where beer is just this social lubricant vehicle for community building. And so we were more-
0: Brewing's work, but beer's a lot of fun.
2: Yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) And do you have a, Oh, sorry i cut you off if you want to add to that
2: you know the beer names that's just we've been collecting names like in a notebook for years like longer than we've been open
1: mm-hmm. okay that but, is so fun to see yeah. what is new on your list like i came in the other day and there was eight drapes and i couldn't i was <laughs> crying i was crying and then dana like flipped her hair and she's like yeah it's a mullet." <laughs> and. It's just so creative and fun. And that adds to the vibe that you are going for. Um, Do you have a beer that's on tap that like stays stationary that you always want to offer? Or is it always fluctuating? And is there a fan favorite?
2: Um, We've got two, I think, that are now pretty standard. But um, one is the house beer, which is a Brett Saison. I want to talk about it and not geek out about it. So let me
1: You're safe here.
2: Um, it has a secondary fermentation with a bunch of yeasts that make it funky, and it's kind of presented in the beer world as like, ooh, this is fancy and awesome because it takes a long time and it's delicious, and it like kind of harkens back to Belgian traditions and just really kind of revered things in the beer world, but people like us have this fear of beer ceasing to be a beverage of the people and becoming more wine-like and you know like if I talked about this bread saison to customers the way I think about it they'd be like oh that sounds like too much for me that's a little complicated like my palate doesn't do like whatever you know but really it's just delicious and there's no reason you know it's like putting cheese on a burger like well of course I'll try that that sounds great Um, but part of its character comes from We don't package an entire batch into kegs. We leave like a quarter of it behind and then start the next batch into that. Kind of like a sourdough starter, but in reverse. So like what's on tap right now is batch two. It has batch one as part of it. Batch three will have one and two and we're just gonna do that forever. So like batch 100 has all 99 other batches down to a small amount that are part of it. So it'll constantly change and Get its character from just what the weather was like, or, you know, like the first batch fermented during that really hot, hot part of summer when it was like 40 degrees out last year. And we don't temperature control it at all. We just let it kind of do its thing because it's happy that way. Then the second batch was through the winter and it probably never got above 25 degrees. So that alone will change its character. And as the blend kind of matures and does its thing, so that's fun to just make something that's super awesome and technical and has all these different aspects going on, but it, it has the most boring name of any of them. And we just <laughs> present it as, oh yeah, this is quite refreshing, you might like it.
4: Mm-hmm.
2: And if people are like, what is even going on here? I'll explain it in further detail and say, every brewery you go to, ask them if they have Brett Saisons because that's what you like. <laughs> They'll be like "Who is this person and who taught them to say that? <laughs> <laughs> And then Space Nugs is one that, like the, the version of Space Nugs we opened with was I think 11 or 12. And it's one that I had done a bunch of times in the backyard, anyone that had come over for a birthday party or a barbecue or something, we had Space Nugs on tap. And the plan was to constantly mix up everything just to keep it interesting. And so many different people said, well, oh, you're not gonna change Space Nugs though, like that'll always be around, right? And so it came and went and, you know, we got enough of that feedback that now I try and keep it up there all the time.
3: Mm-hmm. And we won an award.
1: <laughs> yes, you did. Yes, you did. <laughs> tell us, tell us about that award, Dana.
0: Okay, sorry, <laughs> also your award-winning beer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so good. So
3: like, that's the award that we're more interested in than any sort of like Biggie wigs where there's a blind taste test and a bunch of nerds have oh, glasses yeah. and they're like smelling for different like horse blanket and cat scratch whatever they're getting taste wise. Like we want the award that's like, yeah, you know, local whatever Larry thinks it's people's Hispanic. choice.
2: Yeah. He wants another one. He like, wants another one. All right. One. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> we go for. yeah. It tastes great. like another.
3: That's yeah. that's awesome for us. So oh. yeah.
1: yeah. Seems like it's in alignment with your program. Hmm. Yeah. Totally. Um, so what's next for you guys? You, um, said you mentioned the expanding.
2: Yeah. Like we should, we'll be able to have twice as many seats and make twice as much beer.
1: Mm-hmm.
2: We'll be able to do more fun things like, uh, have some live music in here sometimes. Oh, cool. Do, yeah. Like right now, that would be like a third of our capacity then. <laughs>
3: the <band.
2: laughs> and they're yeah. probably making for free. It's not a brilliant yeah. business. Room, but... yeah.
3: We'll allow a two-piece band only, just so a that. Yeah.
2: Well,
3: like, <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um yeah that's pretty much we want to like want to do some more events like that blue heron night of music yeah that's yeah. super fun so fun. it's good to get out there and like it's it feels a lot like in here except there's you're outside and there's 300 people instead of 30
3: yeah and it feels nice when people are like Rump it. oh you guys are here great you know like that's the best like when they're like so glad to be drinking your beer at an event where you're so glad to be pouring beer for your friends that are running the yeah. event, and like you get to see every like basically, you know, if anything happens in Revelstoke, you guys know every single person that lives here is there. So then you're like, oh, 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 yeah, oh, this is fun, and you get a chat for everybody. Well, you don't get a chat when you're pouring beer, but you get a, like,
2: <laughs> you get to see them.
3: Panic and try to make the right <laughs> change and try to get a- <laughs>
2: and
3: you're like, and the symbols. And Fred just keeps pouring, and yeah, your back hurts. Yeah. But, um, yeah. We want to do more of those because those are so fun
2: yeah yeah but i don't know I mean, we don't have any
3: world domination Yeah,
2: we're That's not always, like we must grow to if we're not growing we're dead
3: yeah i don't think
2: yeah. there's not yeah. always progress yeah, yeah. And we have this kind of level where i'm hoping we can just plane out and it just
3: is what
4: it, yeah yeah then you just yeah. keep doing
2: it and then you know you're not thinking about what the next move is you're like ooh this would be even more fun to make a beer like this. What about this kind of beer? Yeah.
3: Yeah. I think for you, or like- like,
2: hunker down into the nitty gritty of it.
3: I think it'd be nice if Fred could do more of just like, he's so excited on a brew day. You know, like he's just so excited to do what he actually is, a brewer. Not like an accountant and a janitor, like cleaning the bathrooms and like, cleanest bathrooms in Ramosoka, I will say, really tidy in there. Um. uh, you know when he can just come in and like brew and make something fun and be like i'm so excited and like for him to be able to feel a little bit more relaxed into that and just like really going for it with beer
0: Mm -hmm. yeah how do you guys go about how do you go about developing new beer recipes
2: um like all sorts of stuff because like from Like straightforward you try another beer and you're like whoa that's interesting what do they have going on there i wonder if you could do that with this kind of a thing Mm -hmm. or like food inspiration sometimes of flavor combos or just getting to know ingredients Mm -hmm. or process and thinking what if i applied this to that Mm -hmm. a lot of it is just putting things together in a different combination like Mm -hmm. legos
3: or chatting with other um brewers like brewers are like it's i didn't really understand this but like a brewer and another brewer you know walk into a bar just kidding So I don't have that joke but <laughs> <laughs> that's my next thing but like they are such they're like two little kittens just like oh my god we love each other and what are you doing what's that oh my god like they're not like you know this is my recipe they're like this is how I'm doing I'm trying this and yeah oh super have you tried this or
2: non-competitive
3: yeah non-competitive like just like we're say, on the same team yeah you know do you need this or how are you doing with this or I'm struggling with this I'm getting like that and and fred has that he is so close with his brewers he's worked with them in the past and like um you have a collab coming up oh, with a yeah. brewer jackknife in, Jack in Kelowna, which is fun mm-hmm. he's really nice really tiny small brewery there and uh you chat with them sometimes like you, yeah. you'll be chatting with your little brewer friends about oh what do you what are you doing oh that's not, how did that turn out or how are you doing this or what do you think about this and I feel like you sometimes get inspiration there too and I that's kind of neat I didn't know that they were that close I assumed it was like a competitive thing but it's like Mm. a real community thing which is great you know that's why also I think it's strange if you open a brewery without a brewer because you you don't have that ingrained like these are my people I love these guys like Mm. I want to go and talk to them about this you have this oh it's this is my business and like it's my secret and Fred always has to like temper me down with that. Like we are under no like sort of idea that this will be the last brewery that opens in Revelstoke. I'm no. sure somebody somewhere is thinking of opening a brewery in Revelstoke. And I mean, scares me because I'm like, oh my God, you know, we're gonna be poor and I hope it's next door. Here. Yeah,
2: you know, <laughs> you know, like, A buddy.
3: Yeah. Yeah. So it's like it's very interesting to learn that from a brewer that it's that it's not a business where you're like in a competition it's something you're hiding and you keep all your little secrets it's like a wow another guy oh mate I'm out of this malt I could probably go borrow it you know
4: mm-hmm.
2: and you state. know like beer people like if there was another brewery next door it would just bring more beer people to the neighborhood it wouldn't be like oh we're only going to check out this one you know? like, yeah That doesn't happen. It's like going to the ski hill and there's one run you do Mm -hmm. like, well, what about runs? Let's check them
3: out. Yeah. like, We're we're like, Oh yeah, Bigby's up on the thing. And Bigby sends people to us. And unfortunately we haven't had like a real time. I don't think we've had time. This is Fred's first time. He's like going to go somewhere to brew beer, but like to develop that relationship more. But like, I mean, Bigby's great. They've been here for years and years. So yeah. Like it's an interesting industry that wants to support us. Each other.
0: Well, and that's such an amazing way to look at it because a lot of business, a lot of industries look at it like you're taking a piece of my pie or a piece of the pie. There's one pie, it's this size. Whereas it's so much better to look at it as, hey, we're gonna just gonna make this pie bigger. Like there's no shortage of human beings on the planet, and especially human beings who are coming into craft brewery and enjoying it and really starting to appreciate it. And yeah, so it's like, okay, let's make this high bigger let's continue to get it out there and then that's going to be good for everybody
2: yeah I it's a bit of a double-edged sword because I've also accidentally applied that world view to the non-brewing world Mm. oh here's everything I know what else can I do for you you're like oh (laughs) that didn't go well (laughs) that guy's not a brewer yeah
3: yeah Yeah. be like late for an appointment and see someone needing help with something and just give it all, you know, which I think I think you should just maintain that. Like when we're opening this, we face some challenges where we just it wasn't we didn't get what we wanted from relationships or like we you know Fred got burned on that because he came from a small community where he trusted everyone. And that's still in his nature, but he learned some lessons about just being a little smarter with that. But I think that you gotta keep that, you know, like even if you get burned, you gotta still just keep being open and giving and you have to learn some crappy lessons, but I don't think that's things that you should stop doing. No, No. not at all. No, good. It's a good quality, you know, that naivete.
1: (laughs) Yeah. So Eve, any more questions that come up at all for you?
0: No, we can drop our, uh, our closing questions. Yeah, you wanna hit them with it, Amy? (laughs) yeah um the most average thing about you
1: or your brewery
2: um my height (laughs) 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 Um, probably you know as I age and gain experience like there's all these things people tell you along the way you know like when you're in your 20s and someone in their 40s is like you should stretch every day you know and like right up to like you should save money you know like all these things you're like those idiots that doesn't apply to me and like all of that stuff is true of course you know that's why they're trying to and now I'm kind of getting around the corner of like you want to tell people things you're like they're not going to listen to me <laughs> <laughs> you're like no just like everyone else I have fallen <laughs> into that trap of not listening yeah. to other people who are just trying to make my life easier and better
4: <laughs> yeah. that's good
2: and that's that will go on forever. There's probably no way out of that. Yeah,
1: everybody yeah.
3: does it. Um, my most average, you know, I'm a pretty average cook. I'm okay, but Fred's better, so I can do a good pasta sauce, but like, pancakes. and pancakes. Yeah. But like, I'm soup. like, I'm like, okay, you're better. Like, I'm I just that's over. why I missed them all those years when he's working hard. I had to like <laughs> cook And I was like, what? I'm not supposed to. I'm just pretty average. Yeah. Uh, yeah
1: um and where can people find you where uh, websites or social media
2: um yeah we're instagram and facebook when we have something to say Compass okay. uh, beer co i believe is the
4: instagram
2: yeah right um, mm-hmm. com is our website which is basically just tells you what's on tap right now
3: mm-hmm. helpful
2: and yeah. huge yeah
3: mm-hmm. but
2: really just showing up is the best way to find us yeah yeah that's great
3: 208 first street
2: Amazing.
3: <laughs> we have our um anniversary coming up. Yeah, everybody three years. should come to that. Three oh. years.
0: Whoa. What's Thank the date you. on that?
3: June 15th. Okay. Big party.
0: All right. Okay. Might be aired after then, but we'll make sure we do uh we'll drop a post. Yeah. And a promo, and a promo clip. Yeah.
3: <laughs> yeah, that will be good. Yeah, we're excited about that. We got it. Last year we were too COVID-y and weird to have a big party so we got to celebrate all the people that have supported us like can't say enough about during covid like people just
2: yeah.
3: come in to get beer it's great yeah
2: it's
3: really awesome
2: filling growlers at the door
3: yeah just like <laughs> santa hazmat suit you know <laughs> yeah. yeah. like oh why didn't really touch
0: anything like oh, oh yeah <laughs> probably got a, got a lot of people through covid
3: <laughs> yeah. i like to think so yeah. <laughs>
1: Great. Well, thank you so much for your time and like sharing your so insights and yeah, showing the love you guys have for each other. It's just pretty inspirational.
3: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Mm-hmm. We're glad to be here. Yeah. It's great. I know. I feel like we
2: have really focused on a lot of like what the struggles were, but I feel super lucky that I could make beer for my neighbors and not need a second job.
3: Mm-hmm. And yeah. I love people want to see us. Like people love to see us in here and hang out with us and yeah, it's great. It feels like a whole set of friends that I would never have had before. And mm-hmm. I love that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. That's so amazing. Yeah. Congratulations, guys. Yeah.
4: I a- think Congratulations.
0: Yeah. What you've achieved is not easy. <laughs> as, as you know, you don't need to tell us. <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, I think it's huge to be able to do what you love in a town that you love and not yeah. need the bonus bonus job to do it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's great. You're awesome. Okay, guys. So we are normalizing average. We will sign off here. And thank you. Thank you. Thank you again to Rumpus Brewery. And
4: yeah, thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Drink (laughs) beer.
0: Okay, bye, guys.